Good morning, y'all. This is Bud Elliott here of the Knollcast. Uh, Graham is understandably pretty busy uh, with a lot of the battles and deals uh, being struck with uh, players on the roster. Got to focus on that retention after an incredible 13-0 ACC championship season in which the Knolls were, in my opinion, robbed of a playoff spot. So a uh, little solo episode this morning. And I want to start off, I hate where this calendar is in this sport right now because we should be focusing on you know some fun stuff right bowl games and uh, celebrating the team that just won the conference title and and stuff like that but instead the way the calendar is we we have because of of, of the, the you know the confluence of the calendar and these playoff games we've really minimized the importance and the celebration of the bowl games and we have immediately flipped the script to recruiting and the transfer portal. And look, I got it when it was recruiting, just recruiting. But with recruiting and the portal now, it just, it seems like nobody is talking about the bowl games. And that's not going to be us. But today it will be. I can't control the calendar. I have to react to it. That's my job. Uh, and that is where the focus for me is mostly on right now. Uh, so I, I want to just kind of go through the roster at season's end here and talk about how I see it, uh, what I think Florida State needs to do in the portal. That's not necessarily what they will do in the portal. Um, although look, I, there were certain positions last year where I wasn't sure they should take somebody and they did and it worked out or didn't work out. Uh, there was also one that I'm obviously extremely happy they did take somebody and that was wide receiver. I, I thought you really needed to go get one and I... <laughs> I know Graham and I have joked about it. Like, certainly didn't think that FSU staff was going to find one the caliber of Keon Coleman. Really appreciate you guys supporting the show. Uh, we are supported, as always, Tarpon Sellers, Louisiana Hot Sauce, just off the jump. And we have some great sponsors and some great fans of the show. Uh, I think we're going to have four more episodes in December or five. So, uh, got a fun one, got, got, a, uh, got a, a pack opening going to actually have something on FSU's history in the Orange Bowl. Again, like I hate how it's de-emphasized, but I I think it'd be a disservice not to at least not to at least celebrate going to New Year's Six Bowl after, you know, not being in there for for almost a decade. Um all right, so the roster and some thoughts just generally. Uh a couple things I, I want to just frame for you guys as to where I'm coming from with this roster, with this team. Uh, I think you need to keep in mind that there are some goals you probably need to have for the offseason. And in getting those goals, here's some assumptions I'm making. You need to understand that the 21 and 22 classes were, were not particularly good, right? They are not classes that allow you to compete for a national title. They were, uh, the, the one was was the class that was, you know, assembled mostly during COVID, that was extremely tough. And in 22, uh, you didn't have much of an on-field product to sell. And I don't think it's any secret that FSU staff is much better at most spots at coaching than they are recruiting. I, I don't think this is particularly amazing recruiting staff. I think it's a very good coaching staff. So it's understandable that if you got, don't have guys who are great salesmen and, and, and great recruiters, that if you don't have much to sell, it's going to be kind of tough for you. 23 class, which is the, the, the class that was just freshman this year, 
is really the first class for me that uh, is a step in the right direction. The 24 class you have coming in, which I think has an excellent chance to finish you know, top three in the nation, uh, that is a, a class that that I really think you can build on. They, they have some real difference makers coming in, assuming they hold on to them, which at this point I would project uh, the vast majority of that class to stay together. Uh, that is a, a real positive step. And, and the program, in, in my opinion, is in a good spot. However, you can't outrun the bad recruiting of 21, 22, and some of 23. And this is not a roster that is going to be able to compete for a national title next year. It will be a step back in terms of roster quality, regardless of what you do in the portal this year, from where you were in 2023. It's just kind of going to be what it is, right? It doesn't mean it's going to be a bad team. Uh, if I'm Derek Ray and Mike Norvell, I'm trying to do everything I can in the portal so that I am contending for the ACC and contending to make the 12-team playoff into November, right? I don't want to get to Halloween and have it be clear that I'm not going to you know, make the ACC championship game. I don't want to get to Halloween and have it be clear that I'm I'm nowhere near making the 12-team playoff. Um, not that it's the worst thing in the world to finish top 25 after, you know, I, I think deserving to go to the 12, to the 14 playoff and getting snubbed. But you need to be focusing on securing certain positions where if you get them locked up and if you stay reasonably healthy, there are certain teams on your schedule uh, to whom you will just not lose, right? And to me, there are six of those games. Your FCS game and in Georgia Tech, Memphis, Duke, Boston College, and Cal. Now, I understand probability, obviously work with probability. That is not to say that you will never lose a game like that. But you do need to get the roster through the portal and through continued offseason development of your current roster to a spot to where you are going 6-0 and or 5-1 and against that group. You're not at like a Georgia-Bama level where you just never lose to a, a lesser team like that because you don't physically overwhelm people uh, like those teams do yet. Now, if you have three more recruiting classes like the one you're going to bring in, then I think we can talk about that for sure. I also think that if you get this portal perfect, like really perfect, and you get certain guys to stay, uh, that you know, 12-0 and 0 is also on the table. Again, on the table. Not likely, but... If you really nail this this portal season and you get certain young guys to make a big leap and you get great health, then there is not a game on this schedule in which you will be a massive underdog. And I say that basically blind to what other teams will do this offseason, which is important because maybe one of those teams also kills it and then you, you're a, a clear underdog. But to me, like there are six games in which you're a really large favorite, the ones I started out uh, listing. And then I think that you need to try to find a way to still go 9-3, and 10-2. Maybe if you if you run good, if, if the cards go your way, so to speak, maybe you get to 11-1 or 12-0 and, uh, and have a legitimate shot to make that 12-team playoff. Because that would allow you to continue your recruiting momentum, right? FSU has a tremendous collective. Obviously, so players know that once they're on campus, 
there will be great opportunities for them with the name, image, and likeness space, be able to use their, their name, image, and likeness and promote their brand and, and you know, make, make a little walking around money. Uh, Battle's End has I think almost doubled or more than doubled now their membership. Uh, Graham's doing a great job on that. And obviously their information is in the uh, the show notes. So the, that's kind of my preamble to this, right? Uh, with high school right now, you are primarily big game hunting and uh, and also protecting what you have. So Jeremiah Smith, LJ McCray, you know, two of the very best players in the entire country, the superstar five-star types, obviously one, one committed to Ohio State in, in, in Smith and the other committed to Florida in McCray. You've had both of them on campus recently. I think you've taken your best shot at them. We'll see how the chips fall. It would not shock me if you landed one of those guys. And who knows? Uh, it, I, I mean, I, I think anybody committed to Florida right now is uh, is somebody who you continue to recruit because of the odds that they're going to have a coaching change at that school potentially uh, at, after the 2024 season if uh, if they don't get drastically better in there. Uh, their recruiting class in some ways is falling apart and they're having some impactful players leave their roster, which uh, they certainly don't want to have happen. Uh, also, you need to hold on to KJ Bolden and, uh, and, and, and to Armando, your defensive tackle stud. So our defensive end, you know, big time defensive lineman. Uh, now on the recruiting side, or excuse me, on the portal side, I, I do think that more players will leave than I initially projected. And that's not all a bad thing. Uh, I was thinking initially you the over-under on transfers would be about seven. Uh, now I think, and this is not a preference to my understanding, I think it's more just a necessity if you have certain bodies leave and certain guys leave. Uh, now I think it's more like eight and a half, nine. Uh, I do think that you will see some guys flirt with the portal and then try to come back as they find out the money out there uh, is more theoretical than actual. That's something we're seeing across the industry right now. I was speaking the other day to a guy who runs a collective, not Graham. And he said, hey, we're, we're just going to have some difficult choices uh, to make because some of these kids, we feel bad for them, but they... Their agent is like 22 years old, high school dropout, not real bright guy. And he thinks he can go get this kid half a million from this school. And then he's going to find out that maybe the school's got 85K for him. You know, it, it's it's bad when you're relying on advice from somebody who's, who's missing the market by 400%, <laughs> you know, but uh, it does happen in this space. It, it's still, I don't want to use the term wild west, but it, it's still the market is evolving and in, in the timeline as, as long as college football has, has existed still somewhat in its infancy. I was talking with another guy who's you know working on a project uh, about name, image, and likeness. And he said, one notable change this year is that there is not really a middle class to this. You, know, you have some schools who are trying to get back to their, their former greatness, right? And they are throwing around money like crazy. And then you have some schools Bama and Georgia and whatnot, who who will pay, but they don't typically pay a premium price because they are, I think it's sort of a, a smart way of self-selection. Like if you're at that level, then you want the guys who also want to be there because of, of their, their true value of the NFL development, the culture, and the ability 
to win. So I think a lot of your ACC schools, though, are in that category where they just don't have much at all. Like they'll they'll keep a few of their top guys if those guys value being there, but they're going to keep almost none of the guys who are are just chasing a bag. And again, there's nothing wrong with chasing a bag. Coaches do it all the time, right? Guys take these dead-end jobs where they, they're taking them just because it's a payday. They know they can't win there but it drastically changes their life. And for many of these kids, I mean, that that first $100,000 they're going to make is absolutely huge for them and their families. All right, uh, so that's my preamble. And um, yeah, I think you could see maybe nine transfers if certain things shake out. You want to continue to build the floor of this roster. You, you do need some of your young players to develop, right? So you need to have good self-scouting internally to understand who can probably play and who likely cannot play. Uh, with that, I do want to tell you guys about Legendary Home Loans. Chad does such a tremendous job for them, 844-FSU-LOAN. I've used Legendary twice for my home loan needs. I, I just think they're they're awesome, right? Like they Customer service, great rates, knowledge of the industry, walking you through the process. Is it always a great time to buy a home? No, but guess what? People move. People's families change. You know, I, I, my neighbor, my new neighbor uh, just moved in and, and I don't think he got a, a great experience and great rate, but he had to move. They had kids. It happens. If you are buying a new home right now, you want to have somebody who can walk you through the process and make it as easy as possible. That's why I would call 844-FSU-LOAN. That's 844-FSU-LOAN. Tell them Nolcast sent you, but I, I think they have a pretty good idea where our folks are coming from. All right, so let's just go position by position here. And uh, I don't know, we'll see how long this goes this morning. Probably a 30-minute show, maybe 35 minutes. Uh, quarterback. I I, I don't think Tay Rodemaker is your quarterback for 2024. I, I think FSU wanted to take a quarterback uh, well before we saw how Tate looked against UF, which was pretty terrible to be honest, against a, a really bad defense. Two mo most likely targets, in my opinion, at this time are Cam Ward, the Washington State quarterback. He is widely considered to be the best QB on, on the market. Now, this is not considered to be a great quarterback year. Let, let's be frank about this. There, there are no obvious Caleb Williams, Drake May, not that May transferred, but he was widely rumored to, to have gone in last year, but didn't end up doing so. There are no guys like that. Uh, your Bo Nix, your Jaden Daniels, those dudes were multi-year guys who had more time to develop in the system. But I do think it's fair uh, to believe that Ward is likely the top guy in the portal. Ohio State, Miami, Auburn also involved there. Uh, those schools are arguably more quarterback needy uh, than Florida State is. And we will see how this whole process goes. I, I think Ward is somebody... Bruce Feldman reported that, that he is the guy uh, who's most likely to fetch like a really, really big bag. And, um, you know, it, it, every school has a certain uh, amount of resources, and you need to figure out exactly how many of those resources you need to devote to the quarterback position. You know, how much better is Kim Ward than the second choice or the third choice? Is he half a win better in your projection model? Is he a full win better? I certainly don't think he's like more than one win better. Uh, than 
like the next best available quarterback on the market. And the other one uh, to whom Florida State has been linked is DJ Uyangalale from Oregon State. Uh, prior to that, he was at Clemson, former uh, top five recruit in the country in the same recruiting class as Bryce Young. DJ has a really big arm. Ward also throws it around pretty well. Ward is more mobile than DJ is, uh, but DJU, a lot of people weren't sure what to make of him. And I thought it was a positive sign that Oregon State took his commitment because that's a really good coaching staff, which is now at Michigan State, by the way. And, and he had some nice moments this year at Oregon State. And I, I wonder now, in hindsight, if it is unfair to judge DJ based on well, quite frankly, what we've seen with that Clemson coaching staff that was there uh, during his time, uh, a lot of which now the Clemson offensive staff from DJ's time has been fired. So maybe he wasn't getting the best coaching there in Clemson. Mike Norvell clearly wants to push the ball down the field. I think that's something he would have liked to do more this year had Jordan Travis not been banged up. And I'm not talking about the leg, the the, the arm thing that was going on with him. Uh Jordan didn't throw the ball as well this year as he did in uh, in 2022. And I, I think some of the being banged up in the upper body contributed to that. Um, now, from a roster standpoint, does Tate transfer if FSU brings in a quarterback? Ultimately, that depends on how much he really wants to play college football versus how much does he enjoy being a college student in Tallahassee. I would say overall, despite the uh, the real iffy performance that Brock Lynn had in the ACC championship game, the folks I speak with are still really high on his future. They're also really high on Luke Cromenhoek, five-star quarterback coming in. So the, the younger part of this room is going to be a, about as positive, I think, as you can possibly have. And there will be some important battles going on in 24 and 25 between those two, assuming that they both stay. All right, running back. Could FSU take a running back in the portal? I, I think it's possible if somebody on the roster decides to leave. Again, just to remind y'all, uh, Lawrence Toa Philly, Rodney Hill, Kaziah Holmes, Sam Singleton. Excuse me on that. Uh, looks like. The under is getting bet in Marshall and UTSA as I record this. Cool. Apologies. I thought I had that muted, but I guess I don't. All right. Anyway, uh, the guys on that on, on your roster at running back. Tofilly, Holmes, Hill, Singleton. Are any of those guys like no doubt obvious studs? At this point, I would say no, but they're all, I think, useful good college backs, uh, meaning if some school wants to offer one of them big-time money, right, to where, hey, you may not be big-time at FSU, but maybe you're big-time elsewhere, maybe somebody leaves. I, I don't know. Like, that's a lot of mouths to feed. Also, you do have Cam Davis coming in, and Cam Davis is somebody who I think probably will get carries as a freshman. So that's now five mouths to feed, and there's one ball. And then you have Makai Danzi, who's more of a gadget guy, in my opinion, even though I think some sites will list him as a running back. Uh, he's probably likely to be used in the way that you use uh, Lawrence Toafili or maybe a little bit of Ja'Kai Douglas uh, type stuff there. 
Could you take a back? I guess if you had just some amazing back fall in your lap. But I, at this point, I don't, I don't think I would. I'm not sure that is the best use of resources. Probably do not need to take a tight end in the portal here. Um, now, Preston Daniel, I know, has jumped in. Marquise and Douglas has jumped in. I won't totally rule this out. Uh, Kyle Morlock should obviously return. Jaheim Bell, in theory, could still, I guess, if he, if he wanted to. Uh, and a lot of the young tight ends also could go somewhere, right? Jackson West, Brian Courtney, Jarrell Powers. They, they all could, in theory, go somewhere if they wanted to. Not, not all of them, but I mean, any of the three could decide to go somewhere. You are bringing in Landon Thomas. He's a, a really nice tight end recruit, one of the better ones in the country. And somebody who I think uh, has a bit of an advanced game who who maybe could get some catches next year. If you wanted to bring a tight end, I guess you could, but I, I'm not listing that as a priority right now. Uh, receiver is a really interesting spot to me in this breakdown. So currently, I think you have 13 receivers coming back or entering as freshmen. What? Kentron... Span, Douglas, Hill, Williamson, uh, Hakeem, Jacobs, Goldie, and then Elijah Moore, Gibson. Um, you know, depending on what you want to do with with with, uh, with Lewayne McCoy, I think he's a guy who could could be an excellent player at receiver or corner. Uh, depending, but I, I like his ball skills quite a bit. And then Camden Fryer, and obviously you we have the the the, the number one receiver in the country. Uh, standing out as well if, if he wants to join the class in Jeremiah Smith. Common sense and covering the sport for 15 years tells me that one of the upperclassmen is going to hit the portal here. Some One of these guys, if not two, are not going to want to stick around and be a second string receiver with some legitimate young talent coming in uh, who are, are are pretty solid players. I don't know who that is. I'm sure FSU would prefer to keep some of these guys at uh, at reasonable asks. I, I, I guess that's the way that I'll put that. But again, you know, if, if you have a guy who is going to be really valued by another school, like Treshawn Ward last year, uh, then certainly I, I think you, you wish him the best. Very few of these upperclassmen on this roster are going to be professional football players. So... I hope they all get a bag if they can in what, let's be frank here, are probably their prime earning years right now. Not the NFL, but now. Some of the younger guys have legitimate NFL potential, and I, I think we'll get to that. I also want to speak about Congruity HR Solutions. Matt Lewis and his team do a tremendous job. I think we have nine or ten Nolcast listeners who own businesses now who are hooked up with Congruity, so that's an awesome milestone at we very rarely take uh, sponsors who we don't have a lot of personal experience with. We started using Congruity for Nolcast. I know Graham uses uses them as well for some of his other businesses. And the response has been great. Just constant good feedback on those guys. Hit them, in, uh, hit them up in the show notes. We have the link right there. If you need some help with your business, HR, payroll, Congruity can get it done. Let's optimize your business for you. All right, offensive line. Um, I thought about this one a lot, actually. So you lose Bless Harris to the portal. 
Uh, I think that's probably an indication that uh, he knew that he was not guaranteed to be a starter. I, I, I hate it for the kid because he's had just multiple injuries here. And I, I thought if he had stayed healthy, you know, there was a real chance that he uh, he could do something. But if, if you're FSU, you can't really guarantee him a starting spot. You've lost a couple of the, the younger guys from that 21-22 class, again, who I just don't think we're ever going to likely play. If you got the roster to where you wanted to get it, which FSU is inching closer to that level. Uh, it wouldn't shock me to see another guy leave. So if you think about this, with Byers, Scott, Washington, Smith, and Keandre Jones, that's five dudes who I would project to basically produce four starters for next year's team. And I and the math might not be mathing for you there, and I understand. Five guys, four spots for me, is because of how injury-prone all of those guys have been. Um, I think it's unrealistic for FSU, and FSU is a pretty well-run football team, so I don't think that they would project it in this way. It's not realistic for them to think that you're going to get all five of those guys starting and all five of those guys playing most of the season. Just their their injury histories likely prohibit it. But four is not crazy unlikely, and three might even be a bit of a safer projection. Now, as for this group overall, uh, I am a little bit concerned that despite how banged up you were at some of the spots this year, that Julian Armella and Jalen Early didn't get on the field, right? I think it is safe to read into that a little bit and wonder how good those guys can be. Can they play at an FSU level? I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm I'm a little concerned there. I, like, if you told me that one of the two ended up being a, a, an AC, like a good ACC level starter right now, I think I'd take my chips and walk. That 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 seems like a, a pretty good deal to me. Um, now, some people will say, "Hey, like this guy was a five star." Like, not on the network I work for. He wasn't. Um, not at the end, certainly. But I can't control what other guys uh, put on players as far as ratings. Um, now, long-term, I have heard encouraging things about Otto and obviously Lucas Simmons getting cleared. I mean, it's a bit of a lost season for him. Uh, but in the long-term, there's just not many guys walking around on earth who look like Simmons. So I, I would still be pretty, pretty bullish on Simmons long-term. But here, I think it could make sense to take one or two offensive linemen. Uh, especially because your your roster just doesn't just doesn't look great here, right? I, I mean, Bryson Estes, Kanaya Charlton. I mean, I don't think Daniels is a guy who play early. I, I don't think any of the freshmen that you're bringing in are, are likely to play uh, super early. So uh, I'm concerned about the depth here, and uh, I think you should probably try to bring in two if you can. And this is a very difficult spot to bring in players at on the offensive line. FSU does have a history of bringing guys in and they do play. So I think from that standpoint, it is encouraging for them that they have the track record of, hey, if you come in here, we'll give you a fair shake and you'll actually play. Uh, but like, obviously they they had a, a big time player from Indiana coming in. I think if he can, if he can be sort of on that um, Jeremiah Byers, Darius Washington level, you would take that in a heartbeat because those guys are fairly good players within the ACC. Like, would they play for a Georgia or a Bama or you know Michigan? No, but that's not where this roster is at. That you're three or four years away. Eh, 
that's probably too much. You're two or three recruiting classes away from having a roster that looks like those rosters do across the board, and especially at the offensive line. Let's switch over here and talk a little bit of defense. Uh, by the way, I, I do think that FSU is going to have a really nice year in the transfer portal. I think they've prepared for this well. Obviously, they they uh, they have a lot of opportunities for players once they get on campus in the NIL space. Defensive line is going to be one of the spots where I would project them to bring in quite a few guys. Uh, so you lose a lot of talent to the NFL draft. Uh, Verse and Fisk, chief among them. Now, we pride ourselves on honesty on the NOLCast, and I, I don't sugarcoat it. FSU has rec recruited the defensive end position terribly in the last couple of years out, out of high school. Just awful. Very few guys who they've signed who I've thought, yeah, that guy has a good chance of being a good player for you, right? I just – maybe like rotational guys. Again, that's if you get this roster to where you want it to be, which is contending for a 12-team playoff spot, which is being one of the best teams in the ACC. So and they've missed on almost all their top targets in recent years at defensive end. It's It's been um, a bit of a disaster, honestly, and just been, been the bridesmaid one too many times. Uh, so you're going to need to bring in at least two defensive ends, in my opinion. And if Pat Payton decides to go either pro uh, or to another roster, you know, maybe a roster that's a little bit more in like win now mode, not, hey, contend to make the playoff, but contend to to win the playoff. Maybe there is that unicorn offer out there for Pat Payton. He did tweet that he was going to enter the transfer portal, and then he deleted that tweet. And uh, I, I think my, my guess here is that uh, the money is not quite as good on the outside as it appears. And I think overall there's been some market tightening across the sport. So uh, I think a lot of guys – in this business will we'll probably, um, I don't want to say come to their senses, but just have a bit of a reality check. And so we'll see if Peyton leaves. If Peyton does leave, I think you need to try to take three defensive ends in the transfer portal because I'm not I'm not really encouraged by the level of, of young talent on this roster at defensive end. Now, obviously, Armando is a guy who I would project to play early, despite the fact that he's reclassifying up. And you're probably going to need one of Gilbert Edmond or Byron Turner to play starter type reps for you. Now they've had Kyle Kennard and Oak and Lola in for visits. Uh, two guys who I think are they superstars? No, but I, I would say this is a position that you need to attack with depth because again, we talked to open the show. You need to get the roster to a spot where you're not losing to any of those six teams. Okay. Uh, Again, that was the FCS game and in Georgia Tech, Memphis, Duke, Boston College, and Cal. If you don't bring in enough defensive ends here, especially if Peyton leaves, and then you had injuries to an Edmund or Turner, again, guys who were not good enough to be starters this year and whose drop-off when Peyton and Verse left the game was significant and noticeable, then I think that, that is a position that gets you that gets you beat. In, in those lower ACC games if you don't address it in the portal. And thus, they are offering a lot of guys. I think they have a bunch of interest from good players in the portal, and maybe some more will jump in either now or in the spring. But that is a clear position to me that you have to upgrade through the portal. 
And again, I'm not trying to be negative here. I think you guys know that I'm very positive on this roster and the, the direction of the program overall. But because you have recruited this spot so poorly, I also think it's probably advisable to take a multi-year guy who maybe is not ready to be a stud in 24, but has some real developmental upside for 25 and or 26. Because I just don't think you have the high-end potential among the young guys on this roster, at least not enough of it. The defensive tackle, I think you need to bring in one. Uh, or if Josh Farmer decides to go pro, which I don't know if that's a smart move, but it would be a choice, uh, then two. Briggs, uh, Dennis Briggs could get a seventh year, I guess. Um, that would be interesting. I think he could still be a useful player for you if he can just get fully healthy. Uh, Daryl Jackson is a guy who, I mean, if I had to guess, I would assume that he does not go pro because I just can't believe that would be a smart move for his career. And we talk about the risk-reward of coming back. Um, I mean, he's a guy that if he actually had some good tape from – a recent season who could move up what two to three rounds over where he would be, he would be projected. And that is millions of dollars right there. So I, I would expect Daryl Jackson to come back. Nobody's told me that he's officially coming back, but I, I don't think he can transfer by the way. So uh, with him, because I don't think he's going to be a graduate in time, it's either stay or go pro and, he would unquestionably be a starter for this football team next year. I do think that we have uh, a better idea of the quality depth at D-Tackle than we do D-End. So Daniel Lyons and K.J. Sampson, I think, are guys who do have uh, a real shot to be decent players for you down the line. Uh, Malcolm Ray hit the portal uh, last night, by the way. So um, he's a guy who I just don't think was going to be uh, an impact player for the roster, for where it sort of is and where you're trying to get it, right? If you were still a middling ACC team, Malcolm Ray would be fine on there. But he's not an impact guy for you as as a senior, and we'll see if he can do uh, some good stuff in the portal and maybe secure a bag. Again, a lot of these guys, this is going to be their real chance to make money as far as from football. Now, clearly, like with a degree, and they'll go get a regular job like the rest of us, but like Malcolm Ray, through three seasons, does not project as a professional football player. All right, what else do we have here? Okay, uh, linebacker. I mean, DJ Lundy, Omar Graham, Nicholson, Cryer, Ward, and then you got Parrish and Hickman coming in uh, as freshmen. That's not good enough. That That room, again, has been very poorly recruited over the last few classes. Uh, Nicholson, you know, thank God for Derek Ray uh, having the connection there that he did. But there's not a lot of high-level guys in that room right now. And if you don't bring anybody in, I, I think that is a, a room that is uh, sort of bottom half of the ACC, which is not encouraging, right? I don't think it's reasonable to believe that you can get that room to like a top three or top four room in the ACC. But can you get it to top six or top seven by bringing in one or two transfer portal linebackers? I think so. Yeah, I, I just I'm not super confident in Lundy. Uh, Graham obviously not real confident there. Nicholson, I, I am pretty confident long term. 
that he can be an impact player for you. We'll see the size of the step he can make. Uh, and again, just you, you've not been competitive in the recruiting space for these linebackers. Some will tell you that's by choice. Uh, I don't know if I believe that or not, but um, if it is a choice, is it a good choice? Uh, th there's some debate. I don't really want to debate myself live on air. Maybe when Graham comes back on uh, towards the end of this week or beginning of next week, we will have that discussion. Uh, but yeah, you need to get at least one linebacker who is is a legitimate player for you. Uh, like Bethune and Deloach were good ACC linebackers this year. Are they first-round picks or even high picks or even picks in some cases? I don't know. Maybe. Um, depending on how they do with the combine or if they don't get a combine invite, maybe their pro day workouts. But they were pretty productive guys for you this year. And not amazing, but you have to recruit this position better and in the long term. And in the short term, you do have to, I think, go out and find at least one decent starter in the transfer portal. Now, here's a spot where every staff in the country who I know is always looking for more help at. I don't know if FSU needs to be in the market for this all that much. Defensive back. To me, this is where you are uh, closest to like a Bama georgia ohio state you know texas level of talent so coming back as of now az thomas ventral cypress vance q jones drill rawls and you're bringing in four nice freshmen as well at the cornerback position i don't know how you keep everybody on the roster that's a whole lot of guys who are legitimately pretty talented some of the young guys are seem to be hits or likely hits, and that's encouraging. You got length, you have athleticism, you've done a nice job recruiting that room, as should be the expectation. You take the Florida State job because of the name Florida. The word Florida is in the name. You can get big-time defensive backs to FSU pretty much all the time, and if you're not doing it, you're not doing your job. Like That should be pretty obvious. I would say the same for linebacker, by the way, but uh, I digress. Now, I mean, do you keep everybody? It wouldn't shock me if somebody bump, if, if somebody from that group jumps, honestly. And, and maybe maybe that means go pro. Maybe that means they are more valued elsewhere at a higher, higher number. Uh, I don't know. Uh, at the safety spot, so Shaheen Brown, I think, is, is a player who has been a hit, has continued to emerge as a nice player for them. And has some real upside, and maybe maybe he explodes this upcoming year in twenty four and becomes like one of the very best safeties in the conference. Uh, Barker, Hussey, Kirkland, and I guess Kevin Knowles. I think you got to be able to find your other starter out of that group. Like you see my point here. This is not the spot where I think you want to be going for a transfer. Like we need to have uh, internal development there that allows those guys to be a starter. So I'm encouraged by what they have. Um, I mean, defensive back looks pretty damn loaded. So to review, quarterbacks one, I think you need to probably take one receiver, uh, but I'm not sure about that. So let's just call that two. Let's call offensive line, um, you know, one and a half. So that's three and a half. Defensive line, 
let's call that uh, three and a half. So that gets us to seven. And linebacker uh, gets us to eight. And let's just throw in a wild card. That gets us to nine. That's basically what I see happening with the transfer class as of now. I, I would caution people to not freak out if more guys leave the roster. Uh, I, I think Florida State is uh, in a pretty advantageous chestnut checkers position right now. They're not a desperate football team, whereas some teams are. I think they have a pretty good idea of what a premium player actually is and what the opportunities should be available to a truly premium player. And what I'm not seeing them uh, likely to do this cycle is do what some professional franchises who mess around do, and that is overpay for good. You have to be willing to let good walk and develop your decent into good, but be willing to really make sure there are great opportunities for great players, for truly great players. You know, I think keeping Jared Burst last year was huge. I mean, that's a guy who chose to come back instead of going probably late first to mid second round, depending on, on what he would have done at the combine, what his grade would have been. I don't think you need to sweat losing a guy who's more of like a fifth round or a fourth round. You can find some of those guys and you should be able to coach and develop them. Uh, especially with the makeup of this staff, which I do believe leans uh, much stronger on the development side and coaching side than on the like recruiter salesman side. And both skill sets are, are necessary. I'm not trying to knock that. I mean, clearly, like <laughs> some of the very best staffs in the country are loaded up with guys who can really, really recruit. I feel like you're in an advantageous spot right now with what you have going in Tallahassee. Uh, again, want to thank all of our sponsors, Target Sellers, Louisiana Hot Sauce, the legendary team, Congruity, and of course, Battle's End. That's pretty much it, man. Um, what else? Kicker, punter. I don't really think uh, that you need to pursue a transfer there, but maybe, maybe you will. Who knows? Uh, you got to be really excited. Oh, I didn't mention KJ Bolden. Obviously, a guy you got to hold on to uh, who I think would play for you uh, likely immediately, uh, assuming that, that you do hold on to him down the final uh, final two weeks of recruiting season. We'll have more coming for y'all and uh, probably do a high school recruiting-focused show as well. I think the length of this was pretty good if you just wanted a general rundown. Again, I hate turning the page this fast. Like, I, It sucks. Why can't we do this stuff in February and March? But the calendar is what it is. So. I will see you all next time. Thanks for listening.